Hi guys, um, thank you so much for coming to this seminar um, and we really are so glad to welcome you to the Hub Belfast. So we are a chaplaincy um, up in Belfast for all of the colleges and university up there. We're also a student accommodation so I live there this year so if you've got any questions or like about um, the student accommodation or university we'd love to chat to you. We're wearing the blue t-shirts. Um, so I'm just going to introduce Wallace. He is coming to talk to us about how to talk to our friends about Jesus um, and just before I hand over I'm just going to pray for you if that's okay. Um, yeah God we just welcome you in this space and we thank you that you're already here. Um, I thank you for the preparation that Wallace has um, done for just teaching us more about you and how to um, share your word and your kingdom, God. Um, and we just pray that your Holy Spirit will come and prepare our hearts um, and our minds and that we're really open to um, this conversation. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Freya. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for turning up and coming. Thanks to The Hub for hosting this seminar. Um, as Freya said, my name's Wallace. Um, and I work for Christian Unions Ireland, or CUI, um, and that means that I spend a lot of time uh, talking to students in my day job uh, at university, mostly along the north coast, so at uh, university in Coleraine or McGee or even in Donegal, Letterkenny. Um, uh, I'm here with my colleague Sarah, who's got uh, the camera taking pictures, um, and we've got a stall at the back there. If you want to ask any questions about university at all, either talk to us or any of the hub guys who are around um, and yeah we would love to talk to you about your experience of that um, and whilst this seminar we're going to have today is part of a kind of a student uh, school leaver university age track no matter what stage of life you're at whether you're at school at university or that seems like light years away for you we really hope that this will be useful for you and so our, our topic today is how to talk to your friends about Jesus without being that person right um, now as I've said, I, I spend some of my time uh, at work talking with students and young people about how they talk to their friends about Jesus without being that person. Um, and, you know, I would love to tell you that's because I'm an expert on this and because I have like a PhD in evangelism or whatever. Um, and I would love to tell you that I have a list as long as my arm of friends who I have been able to talk to about Jesus and they've met Jesus for themselves and it's all been amazing. Um, but that is very much a work in progress. I am a human being like all of you guys. Um, and in fact, whenever I was in high school, so probably around most of your guys' age, um, I played a lot of rugby. I went to the Rainy Mackerfelt, um, so I played a lot of rugby. Um, but as far as I was aware, I was the only Christian in my entire year who played rugby, right? Um, and on top of that, I wasn't a very good rugby player either. Like, I was quite tall and lanky for a 14-year-old. So I'm pretty sure the only reason I was on the pitch was so they could find someone easy to find in the line-outs, you know, to catch the ball. Um, and so it wasn't that popular on or off the playing field. I, I was a Christian, and all of this meant that I was terrified of losing friends or being labeled that person, right? Um, and I thought that if I tried to talk to my friends about Jesus, I would be labeled a weirdo, and I would end up having no friends, okay? And so looking back, if I'm being honest, I don't remember ever talking to the guys in my high school rugby team about Jesus, okay? Um, they knew that I was a Christian, they knew that that meant I didn't go and party or get drunk at the weekends, but I never told them about Jesus, okay? And maybe that sounds quite familiar and relatable to some of you. Maybe some of those emotions feel kind of similar and you felt them before. Um, I bet that some of you have friends who aren't Christians, um, 
And what I'd love you to do before we go any further is to think about those people in your life who don't know God, right? So think about your class and school. Think about what sport teams you're in. And think uh, about the people in your life who you have a heart to tell about Jesus, right? So everyone think, who's in my class? Who do I sit beside in maths or who do I play netball with, right? And picture that person that you think, God, I, I would really love to talk to them about you, God. Um, and picture them and hold them in your mind's eye as we talk today, right? Because what we're going to do today is talk about some really helpful, practical, down-to-earth stuff for how you talk to your friends about Jesus, okay? So this isn't necessarily going to be a talk about how you stop a stranger in the street and explain the gospel to them. Um, and this isn't even necessarily going to be about what points of the gospel you need to hit as you try and talk to your friends about Jesus. What I want to do today is address this fear of being that person, right? Of feeling that, that feeling of awkwardness. How do we even get to a stage where we can talk to our friends about Jesus? Because I think that's one of the main things that, that holds us back, this fear of being labeled a weirdo, right? For our faiths. Um, there's a great book that I read with my student friends called uh, How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy. So you can see where I got a title for the seminar from. It's by a guy called Sam Chan. Lovely big yellow cover. There it is on the screen. Um, it's great. I would really recommend you picking it up if you find it. Um, Sam Chan goes into a whole list of, I think it's eight tips for evangelism. I'm only going to cover three tips today um, for evangelism in a skeptical world, but particularly about your friends. So this is all about the people that you see day in, day out, right? Okay. And how you talk to them about Jesus. Um, and so we're going to look at three tips today. And without further ado, let's jump straight in and we'll explain what these are as we go, right? Um, so tip number one for how to talk to your friends about Jesus is merge your universes, right? Merge your universes. Maybe a, a, a weird collection of words, right? What does that sentence mean? Let me explain. Um, I want to see a show of hands. Who here has a group of friends who are Christians? Put up your hand. Okay. Then put up your hand if you're also someone who has a group of friends who aren't Christians yet. Okay. Pretty much everyone. And I agree. Okay. If you're anything like me, you have these two separate universes of people in your life. Um, on one hand, you have your Christian friends, right? Maybe the people that you go to church with. Maybe the people that you came to Summer Madness with. Um, and you all believe the same things about God. And that kind of can kind of act as a universe in your life. But then on the other hand, you maybe have a group of people who you hang out with from time to time that aren't Christians. Um, maybe none of them believe the same things about God that you do. Um, and maybe it's a little harder to, to be in that group for a longer period of time. Um, maybe some of the, your friends in that group are quite hostile to the idea of God. Maybe they're doing and saying things that may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And the point is that all of us occupy these two sets of universes, separate universes, okay? And we tend to keep them separate. We tend to think, that's the God stuff over there with the God people, and this is the non-God stuff with the non-God people, okay? Without saying that, that's how we live sometimes. And I think that one of the most helpful things that we can do to try and talk to our friends more about Jesus is to merge those two universes of people together, okay? Um, I wonder, have any of you guys seen the new Spider-Man film, Across the Spider-Verse? Put your hand up, have you seen it? I love this film, talk about it all the time, it's great. Um, but if you've seen this film or you've seen any, like, any of the Marvel movies of late or any of the superhero movies, everyone's all about universes and multiverses, isn't it, right? Um, so all these separate universes of superheroes and Spider-Man and Spider-Woman and 
spider pigs and spider ducks, right, all coming together to hang out and crashing into each other's different universes. Um, it's really fun when you see that happen on the screen. But what I think is that it's really important for our friends to crash in to our Christian universes that we sometimes keep them separate from if we're going to do a good job of showing them who Jesus is. Um, and the reason for that, the reason for this merging of universes is that in this day and age, in 2023, right, what people choose to believe, what people find plausible, is based off what the community around them believes, right? That's the biggest factor in determining plausibility or belief today, okay? Um, and in fact, case study after case study and historical event after historical event is showing this that um, believability is all about community, right? It's, it, it, it trumps uh, facts, it trumps experience, it, it trumps evidence, right? People choose to believe based off what the people around them believe. That's how they decide what's plausible or could be true. Um, now, it's important to say here, we're talking about believability. Um, just because some, some more people believe something doesn't inherently mean it's more true, okay? So for us Christians, we know that the gospel is true, right? I want to say that loud and clear. Jesus really did rise from the dead, okay? Gospel is definitely true. But we're talking about to our non-Christian friends, we're, talking, we're, we're asking a question here, how, how plausible does that sound to them? Does that make sense, okay? Um, let's illustrate it this way, okay? Imagine that I told you guys, right? Guess what, right? Uh, last night, um, I saw a big giant UFO land on top of the big tent, right? And it abducted me and took me for a spin around Portland and dropped me down again, okay? How believable that sound, okay? Not very believable at all, right? Pretty crazy. You probably think I was a lunatic, and that's fair enough, okay? But what if I said to you, well, actually, everyone else sitting in beside you in this seminar here also had that same experience, right? They also were saw the big UFO on top of the big top, and also took them for a spin around Portland and set them back down again. Everyone here backs me up on that. What would you think about the story then? you'd probably be more likely to find it plausible or believable. And so if we're, if we're able, what this all means is if we're able to introduce our non-Christian friends to our Christian friends, then the likelihood is all this Jesus or God stuff that we talk about, the gospel won't seem quite so strange after a while. And in fact, they might even find themselves saying, you know, oh, well, actually, I've met Wallace's friends who are also a Christian, and I see there's a group of them who are also believing in this God stuff. And I used to think that was just for um, old people or my granny and granda or people who are a little bit strange or stuck in the past. But now I see you can be a pretty cool, you know, street-wearing person, young person like me, not like me, like you guys, right, and still be a Christian, okay? That's a huge shift. And... Um, See, what's interesting is whenever we think about evangelism, particularly with our friends, the people who are around us in our friend groups and your rugby teams or your class teams, your classrooms, um, we often tend to think about evangelism as if, as if it's a solo mission. It's something that I do by myself, okay? Uh, and so a lot of our conversations and questions with our youth leaders or church leaders say things like, you know, how do I talk to my friends about Jesus? How do I get them to change their mind about God? We act like it all rests on our shoulders. My question to you is, what if evangelism was more of a team game, right? What if it was more of a team game, like rugby or netball or hockey? Um, I wonder what impact it would have 
for that friend that you thought about five minutes ago, right? I wonder what impact it would have on their um, perspective of the gospel and how believable or plausible it is if they got to hang out in your universe with your people. I wonder if we stop separating our universes apart, what impact that would have on our ability to talk about Jesus with our friends. Um, in my own life, I've been trying to put this into practice, okay? So I've got a friend who's not a Christian, um, uh, we'll call him Bob. And Bob uh, uh, Bob used to be a firm part of my non-Christian universe, right? Um, and recently I've decided I, I really love to talk to him about Jesus a little bit more, but he was part of my non-Christian universe. And I'm pretty sure I was the only Christian he knew. Um, but this February, when the Six Nations was on, I started to invite him over to my house just to hang out on a Saturday with me and my wife. Um, and also then I just started, I asked some of my Christian friends to come over as well. And I said, do you want to come over, watch the Ireland game, have dinner and lunch or whatever? And it was great. Suddenly, my friend Bob was making friends with my friends. And now he has friendships that mean he, I don't even have to be there for him to go and hang out with them. So he clicked with one of my friends who really likes golf, and they're out in the golf range like all the time now. Um, so because of that, my friend doesn't think it's just quite as weird anymore to believe in Jesus because he's been surrounded by community. His community is changing. Um, and it's important to say that as I've got closer to this friend in particular, it hasn't just been one-way traffic. I haven't just been saying to him, oh, Bob, you know, come, come here, come to my things, right? Um, come and hang out at my house. I've got all these suggestions. Um, eventually, I'd love to say to him, come to, come to church maybe or come to, I don't know, see you or a mission events, right? Um, it hasn't always been one-way traffic. He's, I, I've also noticed that he's been inviting me to things. He said, do you want to go hang out and do this? And I've started to say yes. I've started to think that it's really important to go to your friends' things sometimes too, okay? And I actually think this is a really important and often overlooked part of our evangelism, okay? And it might sound a bit strange, might sound a bit dangerous and weird, but let me explain. I actually think that this simple idea of going to your friends' things sometimes is one of the most important things that you can do to help you talk to them about Jesus. There's two reasons for this, right? The first one is because if we look at the example and the life of Jesus, he was doing a lot of this, right? And we, over, we overlook this all the time in the Gospels. Because whenever we read the stories of Jesus and what he got up to in his day-to-day -day life, we realize that he was constantly engaging and living in the universes of people who didn't get God, who didn't understand what church was about, people who didn't understand who Jesus even was or what his message was. Um, the Gospels are full of stories of Jesus going into the houses, going to parties, going to dinner with people who don't seem like likely candidates for a son of God to hang out with, right? We don't often hear about that. We don't often linger on that, like little detail. Um, and so, for instance, um, perhaps most famously, Rachel Garner mentioned it a couple of nights ago, uh, Jesus goes uh, to Zacchaeus and says, I'm going to go to your house for, 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 for tea tonight, Zacchaeus, as the kid's song says. Um, and Zacchaeus was the complete opposite of someone that a religious, churchy person, like many people thought Jesus was meant to be, was meant to hang out with, right? He was someone on the outside. And yet here we have Jesus going, engaging with him where he's at, not always expecting Zacchaeus to make the move. Do you see what I mean? And this isn't just a one-off thing. You can recall story after story of Jesus eating and drinking his way through the Gospels with people that it seemed really unlikely that he would hang out with. And in fact, some people go as far to say that Jesus was crucified and murdered by the Pharisees, by the religious elite, because of the people he chose to spend his time with. 
That's really interesting. Jesus' whole lifestyle was all about spreading the good news of God and the love of God. Um, but the second reason, and this is a much more simple one, for why it's, it's important for maybe just sometimes to go to your, take your friends up on their invites is because really, obviously, it will make them far more likely for them to come to your things if you invite them sometime, right? Um, so if you want to invite your friend to come to church or you want to invite them just to come around to your house with some of your Christian pals to hang out, they're far more likely to go if you've been a real true friend to them. Um, so I, I went to university in Korean um, and I joined the rugby team there. Like in Freshers' Week, I thought, right, I'm going to play more rugby at university. I've got a whole batch of new non-Christian friends that I can talk about Jesus to. Let's see how this goes. Um, and me and a couple of my Christian pals got together and said, how can we talk about Jesus with them? And so what we did was we decided that we would have them all over for dinner. And we put on a really good dinner. And then one of us would do a little testimony or do a little short talk at the end about Jesus, right? And so we thought it was a class idea. We sent out our invites all over WhatsApp because none, we're all far too awkward to, talk, to ask them in person, okay? Um, and we waited for responses. And none of them seemed one bit interested in coming and hanging out with us, right? And we couldn't understand. On paper, this was such a great method of evangelism. They're going to come and hear about Jesus. They're going to come to our things. What I didn't realize was that was the first time I had ever seemed interested in hanging out with my rugby guys outside of the rugby pitch, right? Now, to be sure, they were doing lots of things I didn't want to be a part of the weekends, right? And we'll, I'll say more about that in a minute. But they were often going out for lunch together, going out to play disc golf, going 10 pin bowling, going to the cinema together. And because they were in that non-Christian universe, I thought, nah, I've got my Christian pals, I'll hang out with them made them far less likely to come and respond whenever I wanted them to come and talk about Jesus on my terms. Now, it's important for me to say that there's going to be times when you, it's, not, it's not wise for you to take up an invite to go and spend time with your friends. There may be situations or parties or whatever where you need to draw the line. And I really encourage you to talk, about the people, talk with the people who are in your church community about that. Your youth workers, your other friends who are Christians, and discern and keep each other accountable, right? Hear me loud and clear on that. But I've actually noticed that as I respond to, and uh, in the case of my friend Bob, as I respond to his invites to go for a coffee or go for a surf or just go to the gym, I don't need to go to every other invite that maybe makes me feel a little bit more uncomfortable. I'm building trust in all those different ways that I, I could so easily miss. I don't want to put my friend Bob in just a little evangelism universe either. I don't want him to think that I'm just hanging out with him so I can talk about Jesus and get, and get God points. I really want to build a true friendship with him wholeheartedly. So that's, that's our first tip, okay? Merge your universes and go to their things, right? Um, I've been talking for a few minutes. So let's take a little break. Um, chat to the person or two or three people beside you and just discuss what, what one thing stuck out to you so far. That's a new thought to you, okay? Just discuss with the person next to you for 30 seconds. Go for it. Okay, great. Love to hear all the chat. That's class. Continue the conversations later. We're going to keep going on here um, to tip number two, right? And our second tip is listen, right? Listen. Now, some of you people are getting annoyed because you're like, well, I came here to learn how to talk to my friends about Jesus. Why are we not talking about talking? We're getting there, okay? Right? Let's chill. We're getting there. I think, um, in my experience, that we're so eager to do the talking bit 
that we forget to really, really listen to our friends sometimes. And in fact, I think this is part of the reason why it can feel so weird and awkward when you try and eventually, I'm going to do it, I'm going to share the gospel or ask them about Jesus. Because we haven't done this bit first. We haven't listened to our friends and seen what's going on in their lives. Because we know from our felt experience, probably in youth group or in church, that there's nothing better than getting across to your friends something that was on your chest, something that was weighing you down, making you feel bad, and just processing that. It's a great feeling when someone else wants to listen to you. But on the other hand, right, there is nothing worse than going for a coffee date with a pal who just wants to talk and talk and talk and talk, and you go and order a coffee and come back and they would still be talking, right? It's the worst feeling in the world. And we need to keep those experiences in mind as we try and talk to our friends about Jesus. Because the truth is, unless our friends feel that their story has been heard, it's going to be much harder for them to listen to us as we want to share our story and ultimately want to share the God story with them. Talking with a friend, whether it's about Jesus or just about like how we're going to get Taylor Swift here to her tickets, you know, whatever it is, right? requires both sets of people to do listening and speaking. And most of us would jump to the talking part, right? Now, I think there's a reason for that. I think this is because real, active, focused listening, like you're all being great and giving me right now, right? Is really hard, right? Right now, most of you are thinking, ah, what's social media, what's Instagram doing? There's be real popping off, or I'm kind of daydreaming about dinner or lunch or whatever, right? It's so easy to give in to those temptations when we're, talk, when we're listening to our friends. But if we practice real active, true, proper listening with our friends, well then, they're going to feel much more likely that to, to open up or to, to hear us and to play that role for us. Um, and in fact, one of the reasons that it's, it's the best to, to do that first is because it's super sacrificial as well. We'll talk about this in a second. It's really sacrificial to, to, to do that hard yards first. Um, and so let's say you're doing this in practice, right? Let's say you're trying this out. You're actively listening to your friends and you're really zoning into what they're saying. You'll probably start to realize that it's quite hard to find any times when they want to talk about God, right? Jesus and maybe even what happens after you die or these big existential questions aren't exactly coming up around the table or while you're playing FIFA or with your friends or whatever, right? They'd far rather talk about the last episode of The Mandalorian or whatever, right, okay? And um, that's what my friends are like anyway. And this can leave us in a bit of a predicament. What do we do now, right? How do we get to talking or like listening to something that actually will help me here? And this is where I think it's really helpful to employ the use of nudge questions, right, as we try and listen to our friends. Um, nudge questions are just little gentle uh, questions that nudge the conversation towards God, right? So some questions that I've used before are, like, did your, did your family send or go to, go to church on a Sunday when you were growing up? Um, did you ever go to Sunday school? Or, like, I went to BB, did you ever do that? Um, or, like, maybe, if you, maybe sometimes I've asked people, like, do you ever pray? Like, I used to pray before rugby, rugby games with my friends, and I'd ask some of the guys who weren't Christians, like, do you ever do, do you have any kind of pre-match ritual? And I'd tell them about mine. Um, and once you get them talking with these nudge questions, you listen, right? You're actively interested in what they're saying. Um, I have one quick story from university about that as well. Um, my very first year at university in Coleraine, I was living on campus, right? First time moving away from home. I'm from Mid-Ulster, right? I'm a wee country Christian Presbyterian boy, right? That, 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 that was my world, right? 
Come to university, I'm living with four complete strangers, right? Five guys all sharing one bathroom, right? Pretty rough, okay? Um, and I didn't know any of these guys at all. Um, one of them was uh, an atheist guy who was bisexual. One of them was a Roman Catholic guy who wasn't really bothering with going to mass or doing anything like that anymore. One of them was um, an out-and-out really angry atheist. And one of them was a guy who he was an American exchange student and he was kind of into like, this weird kind of spirituality thing that definitely wasn't Christian, right? And I'm sitting here on the very first night of um, living with these guys and they break out Risk, you know, the board game Risk in our dinner table. And we stay up to 4 a.m. playing Risk. And, the whole, and for a couple of hours, my knees are shaking because I'm thinking we're going to be asking each other questions and talking about life and talking about like party and stuff at uni. I don't really know what I think about all that. I'm going to have to tell them I'm a Christian. And so I did, right? I said... I think I said quite clearly, I'm a Christian, expecting them to think, oh, that's really weird, or you're strange, or for that to be a total conversation killer. But it wasn't, right? They were kind of like, okay, interesting, cool. But within two hours, right, as the clock struck 3 a.m., right, all of the guys around that risk board were talking about what they thought about God and about spirituality and about Jesus, and they were asking me questions about that. And the only way that I can describe how that happened is through some little nudge questions, right? Looking back, I was listening to their stories they shared, and whenever they said something like, oh, yeah, my parents like used to take me to church when I was younger, I would say, oh, like, interesting, like, did you enjoy that? Or did your grandparents go? Or would you ever go again? Um, or if they talked about something that was really hard in their lives, I would say, oh, my word, how did you get through that? What got you through that? And you can see how the jump to the gospel there isn't too far. Um, and you know what? What really struck me is all these guys wanted to have these conversations. They were buzzing to talk about this kind of stuff, right? Because you know what it's like. You love everyone loves a good DMC with their friends, don't they? Right? Like usually in like the, in the car park at McDonald's if you're at uni, right? At like midnight, having big DMCs with your friends, talking about these big existential questions. People want to talk about this stuff. Yeah, people are nodding. You get it. Um, and so maybe we could employ some of these nudge questions uh, as we try and practice active listening. And as you do, you will begin to hear how Jesus and the gospel story is good news for them by hearing and responding to their story first, okay? That's our second tip. Um, okay, yet again, I want us to turn to the person beside you and take a little break and talk about how does listening well to our friends make talking about Jesus easier, right? 30 seconds, go for it. All right, sorry to cut the conversation short again. Got 15 more minutes. Try and be finishing time. My last tip for you, right? And then we're finally going to get talking, okay? My last tip for how to talk to your friends about Jesus without being that person is to tell them a better story, right? Tell a better story. Let's unpack this. Um, from a young age, I, I've always absolutely loved stories, right? Um, I've always been obsessed with TV shows or films or books where I can get lost in other worlds. Um, and for someone like me, and I imagine some of you guys are like that too, wherever you love Hogwarts or whatever it is, right? Um, whatever like, kind of stories you love. For me, it was a huge penny drop moment whenever someone said to me, well, do you realize that the gospel is also a story? And in fact, it is the story that gives all these other stories meaning, right? The gospel is story-shaped. This is a huge deal, right? God has given us the Bible and the life of Jesus as a story, right? 
seems really obvious. What does this mean? Well, think about it, right? God could have, God could have, right, just given us a really efficient uh, checklist, big list of rules to live by to be a Christian or how to follow Jesus. He could have given us a holy, a holy textbook like your biology or chemistry GCSE textbook maybe looks like. Um, or maybe even, you know, like when you get a Lego kit and you get these step-by-step instructions, right, for how to build your Lego minifigure. God could have given you one of those that makes you be a good Christian at the end, right? And that would have been really efficient and smart, right? But he didn't, right? God didn't do that. God gave us a story to describe what he's like. And this one, this story is so much better than Across the Spider-Verse or Grey's Anatomy or Harry Potter or whatever you're into, okay? Everyone loves stories, right? And that's where they're fictional or factual. They give us meaning and worth and they help us to explain the world. So when you're watching Harry Potter and Voldemort face it off, you're seeing the story of goodness and love triumphing over evil. When you're watching Frodo and Samwise, like when, Frodo, when Sam's carrying Frodo up Mount Doom, you're seeing like friendship and loyalty on screen. It's giving you help to understand your world. And the reason for that is that all stories point back to the gospel story. And that's where we as Christians in this tent get our identity and purpose and meaning from, okay? The gospel story is where we get that. But it's important for us to know that outside of this tent, outside of this campsite, there are competing stories and narratives in the world. And the big one that your friends and that even us are living in and is telling people how to order their lives by is the story of modern culture, right? Now, you won't get a book on the story of modern culture. You won't necessarily, your friends wouldn't know what that title means. But as I describe the story of modern culture, you'll spot it everywhere, okay? This is how it goes. Um, In the old days, before science, people used to believe in gods and religions and all kinds of fairy tales. They believed in superstitious stuff and ghosts. But science and modern technology, right, now means that we've become enlightened. And science has given us all the answers to the world that we need now, right? So that means we don't need those old beliefs about God anymore. Um, and instead, we just need to realize that actually everything is just a collection of molecules and atoms and quarks or whatever. Um, and anyone who still believes in God, like, like those Christians, you're kind of stuck in the past. You kind of need to get to the program um, because this is the truth about the world. I bet that story sounds familiar. Maybe you've heard people say that. Maybe you've seen that uh, marketed to you um, in books or TV or whatever. That is, a, that is a story that our friends are finding their meaning in um, if they don't know Jesus. Now, I want to say, not everything in that story is bad. Hooray for science. It's God-glorifying and it's amazing. Um, and human beings have left behind some uh, harmful superstitious beliefs. But this story of modern culture is so limited, right? It doesn't make sense of your friends' lives like the story of Jesus can. It doesn't make sense of the really awful things that happen in their lives. But it also doesn't provide any reason for the great moments in life either. Like, you know, like, like the, the, modern, the story of modern culture doesn't explain why love feels so great. It doesn't explain that fuzzy feeling you get when you watch the sunset on a beach, right? It doesn't explain why it feels so good to die of laughter around your friends when you're having dinner or whatever. Modern culture gives, and the story of modern culture gives no answers for that. But the story of Jesus does. Okay? And our job, as we talk to our friends, is to connect the better story of the gospel to the everyday lives of your friends as we talk to them. And so how do we do this as we wrap up? I'm not saying that you get your Bible out and start just reading it from start to finish like a, like, like a big story out loud. Um, 
if we have done the steps, for instance, that we've talked about, if we've merged our universes uh, and taken the time to listen to your friends, um, you will quickly begin to see as you listen how Jesus offers a better story for your friends to live in. And you'll naturally see how Jesus offers a better story than the one of modern culture or any other story that they might try and find their worth in. And so, for example, um, if your friends are maybe in high school and they're struggling with the pressure of exams or results or about getting the perfect job or going to uni, and they're worried about not feeling good enough and they want to be the best, and they want to be perfect, and you can see that tearing them apart, well, you get to tell them that you believe that Jesus says it's actually the people who know that they don't have it all together, who God exalts, right? Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, right? That is one million times better than any story that modern culture could give you. Or, for instance, if your friends feel like they don't have a clue what they want to do after school. I do want to go to uni, do I want to go get a job? I don't have a notion, right? What's my purpose? What's my meaning in life? You get to tell them that you believe that Jesus offers a mission for everyone to be a part of. And the gospel story is the most diverse, biggest, most accessible mission that anyone can come and be a part of. That is a better story for that friend to live in light of, okay? And you know, yeah, you might share that story with them and they might think, that doesn't, I, I don't believe that, right? That sounds good for you, but I don't think that's believable. That might, you might hear that, that back. But I want to tell you, don't be scared of that happening, okay? We want to make our friends wish like, wish that Christianity was true. If you can get your friend saying, I, I wish it was true, that's so good. Well done, you're halfway there, over halfway there. If your friends can truly, believe, can truly see the difference that the Jesus story makes in your life, they will want the gospel to be true. They'll say, oh, Wallace, I wish I could believe that for myself. And they'll see that it's not awkward. It's life-giving. This gospel story is the best story for anyone to find their purpose in. And so those are our three tips, right? Merge your universes, listen, and tell a better story, okay? Now, in finishing a seminar like this, right, we can feel like, now, great, Walls has equipped us, we've got it all together, we've got our evangelism toolkit, or like belt like Batman does, and we're just going to go out now and do it, put it into practice, okay? The only right way to finish a seminar like this is to look right at God for a second, okay? And whenever we do that, right, we get to breathe a big sigh of relief, okay? Because even though in seminars like this, we're talking about us and it feels like it all depends on us, in reality, God and the Holy Spirit is the only one who holds the power to change the lives of your friends. Not me, not CUI, not my free glorious tips or Sam Chan's book with his eight tips. God holds that power. Um, there's a guy called Glenn Scrivener who um, was writing about Jonah and he puts, Jonah was a terrible evangelist, he did a really bad job of telling his friends about Jesus, he didn't even get to that stage for a while um, and Glenn says this and I think it's a good place to end on today, um, the great evangelist of the Bible is not Jonah, it's the Lord and that's good news because by the Spirit the Lord continues to reach out through rubbish evangelists like Jonah, like me, and like you, as you seek to share your faith with others today, take heart. Nothing can mess up God's gospel mission to the ends of the earth. Not even you can mess it up. Because it says, as it says in Jonah chapter 2 verse 9, salvation belongs to the Lord, right? God's the one that's going to save your friends, not you. Um, okay, cool. 
for one last time, talk to your neighbor and just discuss everything. But if you want to help, just discuss what's one thing that you've heard today that you want to put into practice. And if you have any questions, uh, talk about that as well. We've got a little bit of time before we finish. Maybe to have some questions. And then I'm going to invite my friend Sarah up. So talk for a second about that. Okie dokie. Anyone have any questions? Disclaimer, I might say I don't know and I'll go and think about it and come back to you later. But if you do have questions like and you want to fire them about anything relating to talk to your friends about Jesus, feel free to fire them out. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you respond if they said, I totally don't believe it and it's just like a complete blanket statement, I don't believe in God at all. Interesting. Um, yeah, I want to say that'll probably happen. Um, I have friends who think that and who said that. Um, and you've got to be realistic. In that, in that scenario, if, I'm going to assume we're talking about a friend. Um, friendships hopefully last a little while. Um, that's not your only chance to, to change their mind on that. Um, and I would think, I would like to say, if someone says that and you get the, the impression that this is a real closed door, they're not up for changing their minds in this moment. Say to them, okay, I hear you, understand you. I'm not going to try and change your mind right now, okay? I, I want to respect your, your opinion. Um, but I, I believe something different, and I hope that I, by, by my ongoing friendship with you, eventually you'll see maybe something different about the gospel that could change your mind. Sorry, I wouldn't say that to them, I guess. I guess what I want to say to you is that your friendship with them will say the most, more than any kind of argument back to them. Well, the way that you live your life will say just as much as any argument back would. Um, but expect that to happen, and that and that's okay. That, that that's not a complete closed door forever either. Um, and I didn't really get time to mention prayer today, which I definitely should have. That's a perfect example of how you can pray for your friend, really potentially. Pray those big prayers. Any other questions? Thank you for that. No, that's okay. Sweet, no problem. Okay, I'm gonna invite my friend and colleague Sarah up. Everyone, give Sarah a round of applause. Woo! Hi, Sarah. So this is Sarah. Sarah was uh, an intern, uh, what we call a relay, with Christian Unions Ireland until two days ago whenever she became a full-time member of staff. Woo, it's exciting. Um, Sarah, tell us a bit about yourself, where you went to uni, and yeah, anything interesting about you, I guess. Ooh, a lot of pressure. Hello, my name's Sarah. Um, I went to university um, at Stramillis University College, which is like a teaching um, place in Belfast. Very exciting. If you want to be a teacher, you'll probably end up there. Um, anything interesting about myself? That's a really fun question. Um, this is my second summer madness, actually. The last time I was here was in 2019, just before I went to uni. So there you go. Awesome. This is also my second summer madness. I'm loving it. Um, Sarah, I would love you to give these guys a really quick example of how you've put, in, you've put some of these tips, any of these tips into practice in your life, whether that's in uni or outside of university. Yeah. Cool. Um, one way that I did um, in university, um, I had the privilege of living in halls with non-Christians, which is really fun. Um, and basically tried, obviously, like to talk to them, told them I was a Christian. That was cool. They were like, that's good for you. You keep that away from us. But one thing that they loved, some of my non-Christian friends that I lived with, and I actually went to, um, I studied with them at university, they loved Twilight. And I am not a Twilight fan at all, like on any level, but they loved it. So they would always watch it, and they'd always say, Sarah, do you want to come and sit in the kitchen? And I'd be like, no, there's nothing that I would, yeah, and watch Twilight. There's nothing I would want to do less. Like, I just couldn't 
cope with it. But then I thought, actually, if I go and sit, or if even if I go in and make a cup of tea, I can start talking to them. And I did start to watch them. Still don't like the movies at all on any level. But what it led to was conversations. And I actually realised that if I want them to come to see you, as I'd asked them to do, or asked them to come to church with me, and they'd said no, that that was going to be costly for them, because that was something they didn't want to do. But actually, I had to make that cost back as well, and do something, and talk to them, and engage with them, and make a friendship with them, which was also costly. So it can look differently. Like, for example, in school, um, I had a friend who loved dancing, has now set up her own dance school, which is pretty cool. I cannot dance to save my life, or have any vague interest in dancing. But we would always listen to her and talk to her and encourage her. And I still meet her for coffee and talk about her dance school and everything in between. And I still invite her to see you and stuff. And she's come along. And it's costly because I don't really care about dancing. But I care about her. And that's more important. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so we're talking about Twilight and dancing here. But I hope you can see the connection there to that friendship um, and that way of sharing Jesus eventually too. Uh, to finish us off, Sarah, we're here as Christian Unions Ireland today with the Hub team, um, and we've got something exciting to tell anyone who's particularly a school leaver about, whether you're going to university or not, and it's called Flux. Do you want to describe what that is? Yeah, I would love to. And um, we're launching a thing called Flux. So I wonder, have you ever been in a seri- season of Flux? Flux kind of is short for fluctuation. So kind of a season of change. Um, I wonder, um, for some of you, you'll be moving on from school and um, going to university. It's this kind of season of change. And Flux is a resource that we've come out um, with. It's a video series, but it's mainly a booklet um, where we kind of ponder the big questions um, in that. So I wonder, have you ever, um, as you're changing and leaving school, wondered, well, well, what is my true? mission what is where do I belong what is my identity and um, what do my friendships look like how do I share my faith and my friendships um, or make new friendships and share my faith in that um, maybe as you're leaving school you're thinking oh my academics and my A-levels were my sole personality trait and they were my sole identity what happens now when I leave? What happens when my friendship group changes? What happens when my um, decision changes? How do I make decisions? Flux is an amazing resource which you can read through. It's a devotional series where we go through the Bible um, and we look um, at just different things um, that Jesus says about our identity, about making decisions, about making relationships, um, and ultimately how we are missional um, for the rest of our lives. So whether you are going to university or not, um, it's really, really helpful just to think about this new season of your life um, as everything seems to be changing actually how Jesus grounds us and how we can trust him throughout it all um, so if you scan the QR code um, it will take you to our website Flux is completely free so it is a free booklet um, for you to read through and go through the devotional series with your youth leader or even if you are going to university and um, you could go it through it with your CU staff worker if you're going to Korean you could le- read it with a wonderful Wallace um, or if you're going to any of the Belfast ones you can get in contact with them um, through our website as well um, or come and chat to us about what university you're going to we'd love to hear about that and um, even if it is across the water as well if you're going to uni across the water we know loads of people who were there too so please come and chat to us um but yeah flux is great and um, it's completely free as well so you may as well you've got nothing to lose awesome. thank you sarah yeah so to emphasize if you want a free bible study resource like direct to your door um about what to do when you're leaving school scan that qr code sign up and you'll get one posted out for free amazing who doesn't love free stuff um we've also got lots of stuff at the back about different universities in ireland um and as sarah said if you're going to university somewhere else you want to talk about that talk to us we can connect you to people who are at the university that you're going to awesome that's all we have to say you guys are free to go thank you so much for listening and come and talk to us if you want